Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank and exhort your name. We bless you for your love once again. We thank you for your faithfulness and we thank you for this time, oh God, that you brought us into. We want to look at your perfect word of liberty and we demand God of freedom be released to us, even as our heart is open to receive that which we are about to communicate. We praise and glorify your name in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Okay, we are dealing with, this is going to be part two, which is freedom in praise. Freedom in praise, part number two. Again, our text is coming from what the Lord has given to us, which is Psalm 117, verse 1 and 2. We continue to read the text, and I demand that you try as much as possible to get this text stuck in your mind. Amen? Okay, the Bible says, Oh, praise the Lord! Oh, ye nations! Praise them, all ye people. But you say, for his merciful kindness is great towards us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. And so I try to make us understand the Lord is telling us why we should praise him, why we should exalt his name. Other than the redemption with God, he said, it's truth and it forever. That means if he gives you a word, he's not going to take it back. Every word sent forth by the Lord must go to accomplish the purpose of which he sent it. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord comes to us like a rain. It is still in our lives to produce fruits. Anytime the weather is dry, atmosphere is dry, crops cannot do well, trees cannot do well, until the rain comes. Remember, even the book of Genesis, the Bible made us understand. After God has finished everything, there was no man to till the ground, and the Bible says, then it has no rain on the land. So you find that even if man has decided to till without the rain, there will be no fruitfulness. But I assure you, God wants to rain His glory upon us this season. We come to a place where we are going to receive the rain of the Lord. All that we are concerned about right now. All that the Lord is interested in right at this hour is for us just to give Him praise and give Him thanks. Hallelujah. And I tried to define for us last week the word praise. To praise is to say or write good things about someone or something. To write good things about someone or something. It means to express approval of someone or something. You praising God. When you say good things about God, it means to express thanks to love and respect. That is praise. So praise is not just singing. Praise is not just, you know, it goes beyond just singing. It comes to the place where you say good things because you know what God can do. You give approval. And like I said before, one of the ways that you approve God is to believe in Him. When you come to the place of believing in God, you are proving God. That whatever thing He says, He can do. Amen? 
So your faith in God is a token of approval. And that is also praise. You need to understand that. When you begin to see things going wrong somehow along the line, sometimes we get so freaked up you know, in our mind that we don't remember to say good things about God. We've come to the place sometimes where we begin to question what if God is still alive? If all these things are happening to me, where is God? Sometimes you see yourself, you've been serving for so long, and yet the things maybe you're asking for, you've not gotten them. You begin to question if God is actually hearing prayers. But I want to assure you that God doesn't only hear prayers, He responds to your prayers. Hallelujah. Now I'll give you a story of a young man. I wish you could get through the board. One young man, a 10-year-old boy, Willie Marik, in Atlanta just last week. Willie Marik was kidnapped from the compound where he was playing with the dog outside. They just came in, picked this young man. You can see the picture there. 10 years old, schoolboy. You know, and then the kidnappers were going away with him. And this guy at a point was saying, God, what am I going to do? The next thing, he burst into singing. Every praise. But you know that song? Every praise is by Hezekiah Walker. He starts singing that song, and then the man was threatening him, will you please stop? The boy just keeps singing. For three hours, this young boy, you can see on the picture, was just singing that praise. Everything praise the Lord. Every praise unto the Lord. He just keeps on singing. For three good hours, the kidnapper gets so frustrated and opened the door and dumped his bag and just let him go. And here is a boy who his parents actually were chased. They are chased. They don't believe God. But the grandmother took him out. The grandmother is Sedita Batman took up this boy, took him to church, gave him a Bible and started raising him. And this guy so believed in the world. That particular, you know, music by uh, Walker, he sings it all the time. It's like it's part of him. And this is why it's very crucial for you to actually fill your spirit, not only with the word of God, but the thoughts and the praises of the Father. Amen? Okay, praise the Lord. So he just started singing a song. You know, like I said, Hezekiah Walker, every praise. You need to look at that song and you're able to pick out what I'm talking about. You know, when this boy asked a question, I mean, how did you come about this? I mean, you sing it his song. He said, well, as far as he is concerned, that song is part of his life. Every time he sings it. He said, I know it by heart. I could sing the whole thing by heart. If you praise the Lord, it will help you in a mysterious way. This young man, that's what he said. He was kidnapped. How to repeat this right here? Ten-year-old boy from the front of this club and playing with a dog. And this kidnapper just took him all over in Atlanta. Was just driving, driving all the way, taking to wherever who knows. But this boy, instead of getting in sorrow, instead of crying, instead of begging, burst into singing every praise. Hallelujah! He just keeps singing, and this kidnapper was so frustrated. That's why all the threatening, just stop singing, whatever. The boy just keeps singing, the clues stop singing. Singing all through the same song until the man got so tired and just opened the car, dumped the guy along the road and drove off. That's the power of praise. Did you understand what I'm saying? Huh? The power of praise. That's why we said this message is so vital if you can understand what I'm saying. Freedom in what? In praise. And this is a typical example. 
the Lord just gave to us. I just sampled on this just three days ago when I was reading through. And then the message came through. It was an announcement, more or less. And then somebody was writing on the magazine and he wrote on this. So think about that. That this young man got free just praising God. No matter the situation you find yourself, no matter how rough and tough, this year, this is one weapon you are going to use. What is the weapon? The weapon of praise. If this man can be set free just praising God, you also experience your freedom praising the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying here? I want you to get it. It's a season of praise. God knows why he said would you praise him. And we are going to praise him notwithstanding whatever thing we see. We are going to give him praise at all times. Wake up in the morning, praise the Lord. Walking on the road, praise the Lord. Anytime, wherever you find yourself, praise the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. And then he went down. I want to read from the book of Job chapter 19. The book of Job chapter 19. Hallelujah. Look at verse 26. Here is Job speaking. You know the story of Job anyway. Everybody knows who Job was. The thing that referred Job. His conditions. And here he was. Verse 26. And though after my skin was destroyed this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Hallelujah. I mean, this is a confession of faith. This is a confession. I mean, there is so much positive confession in this one verse. He's going through a situation. He's going through a very bad condition. He's lost everything. Business gone. Children gone. I think the only thing that was left for him was the wife. And again, even at that moment, the wife was not with him. You know the story as well. Because the wife came and said, come on dear, look, look, look. This suffering is too much. Why not you cause God and die? And just say, listen dear, you're speaking like one of those foolish women. He didn't say you're a foolish woman, but like one of those. <laughs> Are you guys with me? He said, can we get good things from God and we don't get bad things also from him? Job praised God with his word. He was a singer, remember. To praise is to think and write good things about someone. Is that okay? Hallelujah. Job refused to believe that God is wicked. He refused to believe that even a devil is existing that's responsible. I think he got to know somehow along the line. I don't know, but that God allowed what happened to him to happen. You remember that? Okay. Verse 27 says, Who I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, though my ribs be consumed with me. Praise the living God. In other words, I am going to experience the goodness of God. I am going to testify about the goodness of God. Not what somebody else will tell me. Not another. I'm not going to take another man's testimony to come to the conclusion that God is faithful. I am going to see God with my eyes. I know at the end, God shall be glorified. He was praising God. He said good things about God. He wrote good things about God. He gave an approval to God that God has something greater for him in the future. Praise the living God. Amen? 
Now if you read it from NIV, this is what it says. And after my skin have been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. Now you know what I'm trying to say? I am not going to die until God shows up. Glory to God. Did you get that? I may be what I am now. I may be this love looking. Skin gone. Everything is gone. But one thing is sure. In the midst of this condition, I am going to see God show up. Job refused to give up. And I'm saying to you, refuse to give up in whatever situation you find yourself. Praise the Lord. Verse 27, NIV says, I myself will see him with my own eyes. I and not another have my heart yearns within me. Job was saying, I must see God for myself. Not somebody yet. I'm not talking about somebody coming to give me testimony about how good God is. Even though my condition is this bad, I am very positive that I'm going to see God reveal himself to me. Not another. Not in anybody's testimony. Not another man's vision. No, no, no. I'm going to see him for myself. Praise the living God. Now you turn to Job chapter 42. Job 42 verse number 5. 42 verse number 5 said, King James said, well, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. But now, what happened? My eyes see thee. Glory to God. Take it from NIV. You shall listen now. I will speak. Job will speak to this verse number four. NIV. My ears had heard of you. But now, what happened? My eyes have seen you. Why is Job saying what he's saying? Everything got lost. There was room for him to be discovered, but he said, No, I'm going to see God. And one of the ways by which he saw God was that everything he lost was restored. Did you get that? Praise the living God. Everything he lost was restored. Amen. If you read it from the NIV, and I will take it from verse, verse 4, this is what he said. He said, Oh, listen. I will speak, and I will question you, and you shall answer me. God was speaking to Job. Verse 5 says, My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Oh. Therefore, I despise myself, I repent in dust and ashes. In other words, a time was in his life, if you go down, you begin to see it, how Job was at a point was almost completely. I tell you, when the three friends came to him. Is that okay? Right. But he came to the point and said, No, with my eye shall I see God. I'm not going to end up this way. I'm not going to die in this condition. Things are not over yet. And then by the time God restored everything to him, said, I've heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. But now my eye has seen you. That is full restoration. That is to say everything he lost was restored back. Praise the living God. I've heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. 
And so much a discovery of thee as I've never had before. In other words, I just come to know exactly who you are beyond what I've seen or heard people say about you. In other words, the miraculous that happened to the life of Job were so stupendous that he could not imagine of a true sort thing could happen to him, even though he came through the process. So here he says, now I can understand who you are, beyond what men can say, beyond what men have ever described you to be. I am saying to you, you have a testimony for yourself this year. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, I have only heard of thee by tradition or by imperfect information. Now in the eyes of my mind, clearly I have perceived thee. I can see you. In seeing you, I see myself. For the light of discovered God, discover your own self. By the time you come to the awareness, that's why I keep saying, most times when you read, the Bible says, Jesus asked a question, who do men say I am? And Peter said, that as Christ, the Son of the living God. Ultimately, this is the point. Colossians 3, 3 and 4 tells us something. That Christ is what? Our life. The truth of the matter is, Peter just discovered his sonship in that just one split second of the revelation of the Christ. Yet Job is saying, now I know beyond what men thought about you, what people said about you, the information that I've ever come to me about you. I've seen something completely different. And I've come to realize I'm so peculiar to you. I'm such an instrument in your hand. I'm such a vessel in your hand. I'm so treasured by you. Now I know who I am. Just because I discover who God is. Praise the living God. Amen. Let's even look at this. Because often and again we see situations. People begin to say, man, you're going through what you're going through because of sin. You must have sung something. I remember one time. A man was having a problem and the wife just simply went to the man and said, listen to me, you better confess or you're going to die in this issue of person. But the man was free. Nothing was saying that. And in fact, it became a pain on the man. And that's exactly what we are. Most times, when people are going through a process or situation, we don't even know what God is doing behind the scene. We end up saying they are suffering because of the sin they've committed. Have you had such sin before? But who was Job? Let's look at the description. Because part of what we always say is what we think we say in our experience. But look at this. Job chapter. You go to Job chapter 1 in the first place. Let's look at Job chapter 1, verse number 1. In the land of fools, you can just take Indians. In the land of fools, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless. And upright, he feared God and shunned evil. What other description do you need for a man? How will a man of this character and quality go through what he went through? If not that God is interested in using him to demonstrate something to mortal man. Praise the living God. So the problem of Job was not because he was a sinner. Is that what I'm talking about? Very good. So, don't be too quick to conclude when people are getting into a problem or something. It could be a simple trial. God could just simply walk in on something in their lives. Let's still look at the life of Job. Look at 23. Job 23 verse number 11. 
Job 23, verse number 11. And this is what he says. My foot and hell he sets. His way have I kept and not declined. Can you get that? I have kept the way of the Lord. I have held unto him. I have not forsaken the Lord one minute. I have not changed from the conviction I have about God. Look at verse 12. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. I have esteemed the word of God's mouth more than my necessary food. This is the lifestyle of Job. Look at verse number 13. But he is in one mind. And who can turn him? And what his soul desireth, even does he do it. Who is in one mind? God is in one mind. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? Verse 14 says, For he performed the things that are appointed for me. And many such things are with him. Did you get this? He comes to the conclusion. No, it's not about my life. It's not because of who I am or what I'm doing. God just wants to do something. So when he says, many of all things are in his hand, it simply means he can choose anybody to reveal himself as God. And then again he said, I don't like that. He said, if I perform the things that are pointed for me, that means there are things that are pointed for each and every one of us. Hallelujah. Are you following me? There are things God has set aside just for you, not for somebody else. Meaning, the road sometimes you're passing through may not be the road God has ordained for me to pass through. I remember speaking to a brother a few, uh, that's last year now. He had a brother trying to talk to me about ministry and trying to talk about how you can't do ministry successfully without suffering. And I said, that's beautiful. But you must remember this. And he gave me an example. The example is the person of Saul. You see how Saul suffered? Then I asked the question. When God was calling you, did he include suffering in your calling? But you see, when God called Paul, he told him, you are going to suffer many things for my name's sake. Suffering was included in the vision he gave to him. I'm not going to take Paul's vision for my vision. There are many things in the hands of God. He can choose to give you one aspect of that thing to walk through. So Paul's life is not my life. Are you following what I'm saying now? Praise the living God. You must follow what the Bible says. Here he said, he performed the things that are appointed for me. There are things appointed for me. So the life of Job was what God appointed for him. Now listen to me. If you really got the appointment from God, you have the grace to go through. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you got the appointment from God, no matter how rough it is, you have the grace to go through. That's why in Hebrews chapter 12, and verse 1 down to 3 or 2, in particular, the Bible says, Jesus endured the cross because of the glory that was set before him. There was a glory 
that was sent before him in going through the cross. That is why you can't just think about any cross that comes your way, you feel it's a cross from God. No. I remember vividly, few years ago I taught three levels of the cross. I mean, if you can still remember that. There's a cross that you can bear yourself. There's a cross that people give to you. And there's a cross that God gives to you. The difference is this. If man gives you a cross, you are likely to die. If you carry a cross that God does not give to you, he might definitely drain your life. But if God gives you a cross, you'll be able to go through because he gives you the grace to go through. You follow what I'm saying here? So you can't just accept anything that's happening and say this is of God. Not at all. The Bible says there are things that are appointed for each and every one of us. Praise the living God. Alright, so let's move down a little bit. I want you to think because it's very, very important. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And let's look at verse number 10. 2 Corinthians 1 verse number 10. Amen. Here he says, Who delivered us from so great a death, and God delivered in whom we trust that we are delivered. In other words, even if you are going through a process or a time of difficulty, there's an assurance. There's a continual deliverance from the presence of the Lord. Praise the living God. He will set you free. He shall deliver us and will continue to do what? To deliver us. Amen? There is no situation God cannot get you out of. None. Even the one that is past, the one you are in now, even if there is another one in the future, He is able to deliver also from them all. Praise the living God. But look at this to me. Go with me now. to the first Corinthians 10, verse number 13. First Corinthians 10, verse number 13. He said, You have no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. Hallelujah. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But with the temptation also, make a way to escape that you may be able to be it. No temptation. None. That's why the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Amen? There's no temptation, no trials that you are into now that is more common. If something is common, then there's no value for it. Come on. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know why you prize gold? Because gold is not common. You can compare gold, the value of gold, to a lot of sand. Sand is common. You can readily see sand, but you cannot really see gold. So gold has value because it's not common. So temptation is common, therefore there's no value for it. Are you sitting with me? No temptation that is taking you, no trial, no difficulties. What am I trying to say? In the midst of what about you, like a difficult situation, give praise to God. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? No matter the situation, 
no matter how rough the situation may look like, give praise to God. If this young man really can get out of the hand of a kidnapper that was more or less in the den of death, that was the shadow of death, but he came out just singing praises to the Father. You have your victory weapon given to you this season, and that's the weapon of what? Of praise. Hallelujah. Look at Romans 4, verse number 20. Romans 4, verse number 20. Talking about Abraham. The Bible says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Hallelujah. He staggered not at this age, at the age that he was, even that of Sarah. He still was giving glory to God. That means he was still writing good reports about God. He was still saying God is a faithful God. He was still saying God is a loving God. Even in the midst of the fact that no child and age was telling on him. He staggered not at the promise of God. He was giving glory unto the Father. Abraham is our father of faith. We can learn from him. What condition do you see yourself in? What situation do you find yourself in? Have you started doubting God? Have you started developing the spirit of unbelief? Have you drawn the conclusion that you can't come out of the situation you find yourself? The Bible says, Abraham staggered not at faith. Hallelujah. Through unbelief. But what? Was strong in faith and giving glory to God. He was writing good reports about God. He was saying good things about God. Don't forget the definition of praise. It means to write good things or to say good things about somebody or something. Abraham was saying good things about God in the midst of the condition that he found himself. In the midst of the situation that a wife was aging just like himself. In the midst of the situation that with his age, that was supposed to be an impossible situation. But he kept giving glory to God. In the midst of that, God performed his word. Isaac was given birth to because Abraham keeps giving glory to the Father. You have to come to that conclusion. That the God who called you, the God who brought you to himself, he will help you and you finish the race. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? He staggered not. In other words, he never hesitated. No. But one strong effect, giving glory to God. As able to make good his own wealth in spite of all obstacles. When the Bible talks about unbelief here, it means to separate. It means to distinguish between, to decide. It means to decide, to dispute, to be divided. In other words, he was not divided in his mind by unbelief. He had one mind, trusting the Father. He never judged God to be unfaithful through unbelief. He never came to the place of thinking, what about him that what God said? It's likely not to come to me. No, no, no. He has one mind, the mind to glorify God. He never fell out of the faith that he was. I'm trying to encourage somebody. No matter the situation you find yourself right now, one thing is expected of you. 
give glory to the Father. Your victory is guaranteed. Praise the living God. Abraham never shrank back. Abraham stood with the conviction that if God promised to see, he's going to bring it to pass. Abraham judged God to be faithful by writing good reports about God. And know he would told me, I'm going to have a child, he will bring it to pass. Have you ever had any dream? Have you had a vision from God? Stay with the vision. The God who gave you that vision will bring it to a conclusion. Hallelujah. Again, we look at verse 18 of Romans chapter 4. Verse number 18. Praise the Lord. Romans 4, verse number 18. See, talking about Abraham. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall the seed be. He believed in hope. Against hope. By implication, how can an old man be able to bring forth? But he believed in hope against everything that looked like it was a hopeless situation. Your condition is not going to drain you. Your condition is not going to kill you. This is the time to give glory to God. This is the time to let Him know we believe whatever thing He says, He will bring it to pass. This is the time to tell God, You will say we should praise You. You are good things in store for us, and we are going to praise You. Hallelujah. So here we find that Paul is showing for the power, the excellence of the kind of faith that Abraham had, which actually comes to what is called justification. You know, the Bible may not understand. You can so trust God, you come to the place of being justified. Remember this? He that God called, he justified. Your justification is based on your conviction of who he is. So Abraham was justified. And God called him a righteous man because he believed in the promises of God. Have God told you anything? Do you feel it has been delayed? It's time to praise God. Hallelujah. He said, we are against hope. In other words, no probability. Believe everything was supposed to be lost. The same thing is apprehended by both faith and hope. By faith are the things which God has spoken. By hope are the good things which God has promised to us. But think about this. Hope and faith. You need to get those two things right. When you have hope, you open all the promises. When you have faith, you believe in that what is said is going to bring it to pass. Amen. And that is why I keep saying, you must come to the place in your life where you've got to hear God for your life. For that which God speaks to you is a promise. And now you have the promise of God. You have hope. Anytime God gives you a word, that the next thing is you're going to be hoping for that which He says. And the thing that keeps you going is your faith, knowing that He will never disappoint. Because He has promised faithful. God is a faithful God. God is truthful. God is trustworthy. He can never promise you a thing that he will never do. That is why you must come to the place in your life where you have to hear God and receive some promises from God and live based on the promises that God has made unto you. It's about time to praise the Lord. Amen? Praise the living God. Are we still here together? I want you to come to that place in your life, people of God. This season that we are, that there is one weapon God has given to us. Next week I'm going to talk about, you remember that, the case of Jehoshaphat when he was going to war. 
why do you think Judah has to be in front? Because Judah means praise. Anytime they want to be in front, take the trumpet scene, Judah will have to be in front. In other words, if you have to win the battle, praise has to be good for you. Praise must go before you. I say praise must go before you. Hallelujah. Let me read this final scripture and I'll show you something here. Isaiah 40, verse number 9. Hallelujah. Isaiah 40, verse number 9. Oh Zion, talking about the church, that bringeth good tidings, gather up into the high mountain. Oh Jerusalem, that bringeth good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up and be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Hallelujah. Say to the city of Judah, Behold your God. What is Judah? Say to praise. Let praise reveal God. Behold your God. The only message that is contained is, when you praise God, you are simply saying, God is able. When you praise God, you are saying, look unto God. When you see praises, you are saying, I can lift up my eyes unto the Lord. He said, Behold Judah, your God. Only one message, only one song. What is the song? Our Redeemer lives. What is the song? God is able. What is the song? God is faithful. Hallelujah. Are you following this? Say, so lift up your voice. So it's no time to keep quiet. It's time to write a good report about God. It's no time to keep quiet. It's the time to praise the Lord. It's no time to keep quiet. It's the time to let the world know God is faithful. Hallelujah. No matter your situation, the time has come for you to begin to make that declaration. God is faithful. God is faithful. Yes, your God. God is faithful. Hallelujah. We're going to sing praises for the Father. We're going to write some good report about God. We have some good testimonies about God. Job said, with this body shall I see you. Not with the eyes of another, with my own eyes. And Job 43 said, now have I seen you with my eyes. In other words, behold your God. He's a faithful God. There is no condition you are in now, fellow brethren, that you cannot come out of. I am saying the greatest weapon you have right now is the weapon of praise. Are you following me? Say this on the city of Judah. Behold your God. Continue to look unto him. Continue to sing praises unto him. Continue to give him thanks. Continue to write good reports about him. When people come to you and say, My sister, my brother, this is a condition. What do you think about it? God is faithful. He said, Faithful about what? God is faithful. You know, faithful about what about it? God is faithful. You don't have anything but to say what? God is faithful. You write a good report about God. He said, Give thanks for all things, for it is the will of the Father concerning us in Christ Jesus. He said, How can you go through this? God is faithful. Hallelujah. He said, How long are you going to be at this condition? God is faithful. Glory to God. We want to write a good report about God. 
Are you with me? We need to write some good things about God. We need to say some good things about God. My brother, how long God is faithful? You mean, you mean with this? God is faithful. Nothing else for us. God is faithful. He's a fruitful God. He's a merciful God. He's a loving God. God is faithful. Hallelujah. Abraham Saganus of faith. He was giving glory to God. We are going to give him praise this year. We will sing our lives into next year. We will spread God into victory. We get him things coming our way to praise. Praise the living God. I am God to you. God is faithful. Hallelujah. You wake up in the morning, you shake your wife and say, Hi, God. God is faithful. Instead of saying good money, simply say, God is faithful. Start telling the people how faithful God is. God is not ready to change. God is faithful. Meaning, faithful is God. He's faithful is promises. He's faithful to his conviction. God is faithful. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm saying here? No power is going to shut our mouth. The Bible says, You daughter of Zion, lift up your voice. Say, Your God, for God is faithful. No matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, don't let the enemy speak to you. Speak to the enemy. Speak to the enemy. What are you going to tell the enemy? God is faithful. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We are entering the realm of praise that our life is going to become a praise. When men begin to see the faithfulness of God in our life, they will know that God is faithful. So anytime, anywhere, what are you going to tell the people? God is faithful. Come on, stand up somebody. Let's give him praise. Let's give him praise. For God is faithful. God is faithful. Glory, glory, glory. He is faithful, He is precious, He is wonderful, He is loving. God is faithful. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Who is God to you? How is God on you? What is God doing now? What did He say He wants to do? Glory to God. Come on, shout a big hallelujah. For God is faithful. He is not ready to change. God is not changing. Your situation will change. God said, with my eyes shall I see God. And when he saw God, God showed he was faithful. Brethren, one more time. Why is God to us in this place? Why is God in your family? What about the promises of God? Shout it unto the world. Glory to God. Amen.
Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.